are listening to the Latter-day Ladypreneur Podcast. I'm Sarah Grace Allred, your host. Welcome to a sweet mix of interviews with business gurus, as well as solo episodes with me about the lessons, strategies, and inspiration that brought me from bumbling around in business to playing big in the fantastic arena of entrepreneurship. Look, the real magic comes when you and I get to talk business alongside the brilliant words of Esther, Nephi, and even Sherry Dew as we explore who we can become while we engage in this exciting journey as a woman of faith and an entrepreneur. Let's get started. Sarah with Sarah Grace Live. I am so thrilled you are here. Now, you may be watching this on the podcast. You may be watching this on YouTube. Wherever you are, welcome, welcome. And can I just tell you something? Thank you. Our listens on the podcast absolutely exploded a couple of weeks ago when episode 27 came out. It's called The Heroine's Journey. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to go back to that episode right now before you listen to this because it's not going to make any sense, okay? Bottom line is I have talked about the hero's journey for years and years and how it applies to us as women in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in finding our purpose and how it applies specifically also to entrepreneurship, but more importantly, how we become who God wants us to be come here on earth. It's all based in the hero's journey until I discovered there was a heroine's journey, which is different. It is different. And there are nine stages to the heroine's journey. And that's what we're going to be tackling here on the podcast. Okay. We are talking about the very, very first stage of the heroine's journey, which is called the spark. So again, if you don't know what I'm talking about with the heroine's journey, you need to go listen to episode 27, get a foundation for what we are talking about, why it's different, why it's important. Sherry do drop some major truth bombs in that episode. It is critical that you listen there first. Second, thank you for sharing the podcast. The listens absolutely exploded a couple of weeks ago when that episode went live. And it's because you shared it. You shared it with your family. You shared it with your friends. You shared it with your friends who are entrepreneurs or women. And you said, look, this would help you. And I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, because that is how podcasts grow. If you have not shared it and the heroine's journey blew your mind, please share it. If you share it on Instagram, tag me. I would love to see that this resonated with you. So are you ready to dive in. This is the deep dive today into the very first part of the heroine's journey, which is called the spark. Okay. This is when the heroine feels called to do something. Now, when I say that as a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that probably resonates with you. We believe that we are called to do specific things here on earth. That's kind of the point, right? Is that we're supposed to fulfill our own personal mission. Okay. And the really neat part of the heroine's journey is that she feels called to do something, but she battles a couple of different things and they are different than what the hero battles when he feels called to do something. Okay. So if you think about the hero's journey, he feels called to go on this journey, right? But his initial fear, both the hero and the heroine feel some sort of fear when they are called to do something. Does that sound familiar to anybody that sat in on a bishop's office and been fearful on what's going to come out of his mouth? Oh yes, we have felt that fear. The hero feels fear because he is fearful of typically the physical dangers 
what are the dangers and will I be able to produce the results that this specific journey is supposed to produce, right? So Frodo, he is super fearful of the unknown and he's fearful because he knows he's small. He knows he's not good in battle. And he's wondering, will I be able to save Middle Earth by throwing the ring into the fires at Mordor? He is concerned with the actual result and the dangers ahead. The heroine, however, fears something different. Isn't it exciting? The heroine is concerned with the fear of the appearance of her going on that journey because she feels like an outsider. Okay. So does that sound like something maybe a heroine would battle with? She feels like an outsider. It's an emotional fear. How will this appear if I go on this journey, okay, she feels called to do something. How does it feel? Okay. She feels like an outsider and we're going to dive into how we tackle feeling like an outsider at the end of this podcast, but think of Mulan. She's an outsider. Okay. Because she's, she doesn't, she doesn't like fit the mold of their traditional woman in her culture. Right. And then we think of Moana. Moana feels like an outsider because she is always called to the sea and no one is supposed to pass the reef, right? No one's supposed to go there. So she feels like an outsider. We're going to tackle that in detail in a minute, but let's first talk about the actual spark. Okay. The spark should feel exciting. Yeah. There's some fear mixed in there, but it should also feel exciting. And this is critical. It is critical that when we feel that spark, that there is not just a sense of dread or duty, that there is a feeling of excitement, okay? Because man, there are some dangers ahead. Man, there are some bumps in the road and some decisions we're gonna have to make along the way. It needs to be based in excitement. If all we do is focus on our sense of duty and I need to be doing good things, then we would all like become doctors and we would all want to work on the police force and we would all where we have no like excitement about the idea, at least I don't in those specific areas, but we'd all be doing different things if we were just doing things because of duty or because it's a good thing, right? Because there are lots of really good things out there. So remember that your role is the actual heroine, which is the next episode that we'll talk about. Your gifts and talents and excitement, they matter. They matter to God. And he will be able to give you that kind of feeling within you that you're excited about this. Yeah, a little bit scared, but also really, really excited, okay? Moana, she is excited. Every time she sees the ocean, she feels at home. She just absolutely loves it, okay? Rapunzel with the lights. She's drawn to them. She loves them. She wants to be part of it. She doesn't know why, but she's like, why do I love these lights all the time? Okay. And the reality is when there is a spark, it is often a spark that you just can't let it go. You have felt it over and over and over again, and you just can't let it go. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the spark from the design from the divine, which is the spirit, right? So elder Bednar talks about how often how sparks will feel. Okay, this is what he says, Elder Bednar, quote, when sons and daughters of God communicate with him, we call it prayer. When he communicates with us, it comes in a variety of methods, means, or channels. We're talking about the patterns whereby God communicates with his children here upon the earth. Revelation is communication from God to his children here upon the earth. Sometimes those messages come quickly and rather dramatically. I've compared that to a light being turned on in a dark room where very suddenly the darkness is expelled and you can see everything in the room quite clearly and brilliantly. I would suggest that that pattern of receiving messages from God is more rare than common. Oh, 
Aren't you so glad he said that? It's more rare than common for it to be a burning bush or the first vision, okay? More rare than common. He continues on. A second pattern is when the light comes gradually, more like the rising of the sun. You can discern the increase of light on the horizon, but never all at once. This pattern of revelation, I would suggest, is more common than rare. Everything that invites and entices us to do good, to be good, comes from God. People might ask, well, why not make it easy to recognize all the time? I would suggest that the simple answer is because God trusts us. He shouldn't have to dramatically shake us to get our attention. Close quote. Love Elder Bednar here. I absolutely love this. So when I say your spark is probably something that you have not been able to let go, it's because it's that gradual spark the Elder Bednar was talking about. Like the rising of the sun, you feel an increase in drive, an increase in momentum, an increase in hope, an increase in excitement over time, over and over and over again. And that, he suggests, is the more common than rare. I also love something that Hank Smith wrote um, on Instagram. He said, and this has to do with the burning bosom that we talk about. The burning bosom verse can work, but I found DNC 11 to be more helpful in helping others identify the spirit. Do you want to be good, honest, and teachable? Do you try to not judge others? Do you ever have ideas that come to you? Have you felt joy? If so, you have the spirit. And that's based in DNC 11, verse 12 and 13. It says this, and now verily, verily, I say unto you, put your trust in that spirit, which leadeth to do good, yea, to, to do justly, to walk humbly, to judge righteously. And this is my spirit. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I will impart unto you of my spirit, which shall enlighten your mind, which shall fill your soul with joy. Do you remember how we talked about the importance of that excitement being there? There it is in the DNC, DNC 11, 12, and 13. It will fill your soul with joy. This is my spirit. This is my spirit. So that spark that you are feeling, if it is encouraging you to do something good and it fills you with something joyful, wow, that is the spirit. That is your spark. That is your spark. Now, I think that we are used to talking about feeling called to do something, feeling prompted to do something. And we've talked about the heroin. So you know what that spark is. You can feel it. If you're listening here, it may be to start a business or to increase a business, or it may be to um, uh, repair or improve a relationship in your life. It may be to be more involved in your community or your ward, or who knows what that kind of a spark is in you. Okay, there is something that typically makes the heroine feel absolutely paralyzed with fear. And that's the second part we were talking about where she feels like an outsider. And you'll find that even though that revelation comes, that spark comes over and over and over, like the rising sun, the elder Bednar talked about, she stops because she feels like an outsider and she fights it. She fights that spark because it's not who she was, quote, supposed to be. Okay. Is that bringing some things to your mind? Okay. I want you to think specifically about Mulan. Do you remember when she has that failed attempt? I failed attempt. Fa Mulan, she does not fit the traditional feminine ideal of her community, right? It's evidenced by her disastrous failure at fulfilling her role as a potential bride during her meeting with the matchmaker. You remember this? Due to this failing, the matchmaker chastises her for bringing dishonor to her family, right? It seems that this drive to be different 
is damaging things, that she's an outsider. And then she sings, she sings this beautiful song. And these are the lyrics. Now I see if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but I cannot fool my heart. This is Mulan fighting that spark, that spark to be different, that spark to speak up. She is fighting it. Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? When will my reflection show who I am inside? I cannot tell you the amount of times as an entrepreneur, I have sat across from a trusted friend, colleague, or mentor, and I've said, why am I like this? Why do I feel this drive, right? Because it brings on its own unique challenges. And it's like, why am I choosing to do this if I don't have to? Why am I choosing? And it's because we are choosing to become something. That is why, my dear friend, so if you feel like an outsider, you are not alone. Mulan felt like an outsider, okay? Moana also felt like an outsider. She was the one that was constantly running. From the time she was really, really little, she was drawn to the ocean and her parents were constantly taking her back over and over and over. Ariel, she wanted to be a human. She was an outsider. She couldn't be happy where she was. Ah, oh my goodness. All of these different things are battles for the heroine. Okay. She feels like an outsider and it, that it is actually the critical point in her journey, because if she never comes to terms with being an outsider, she will never progress. She will never accomplish the journey and fulfillment that is ahead of her, right? This is the stopping point. Do you know who else was an outsider? Mary, Mary herself, the mother of our savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to think about her. I want you to think about that angel coming and actually giving her that spark of what she was called to do. And I'm sure it was a massive shark or a massive um, shock to her. But what's amazing is I think about how she also felt like an outsider, even though she'd had a full-blown angel, which again is not the norm, as Elder Bednar told us. She had an angel that made it clear as day that she was called to be the mother of the Savior. But what does that mean for her socially? Do you think she felt like an outsider? She was socially ostracized because she was with child before being married. I think of the social ramifications. I'm sure she had friends. I am sure she had parents. Maybe she had siblings. Maybe she had teachers. Maybe she had colleagues. To a lot of those things we don't really know, but I can't even imagine the social ramifications of what her spark, her calling caused to have happened to her. Can you imagine those conversations? Can you imagine the looks and the whispers that would have happened along those streets where she lived when people saw that she was with child? It absolutely breaks my heart thinking of Mary herself was the outsider. So how do we get over being the outsider? How do we accept that it's okay that we feel like an outsider. Like, how do we move forward with that? If you're saying, look, Sarah, you're, you're telling me this is the huge sticking point for the heroine. How do I move past it? And she actually moves past it. The heroine moves past it in the next stage of the heroine's journey, which is when she comes to know her identity as the heroine. And we're gonna deep dive into what that identity is in the next episode. But let me give you a teaser here, okay? I rely on these words every single time that I get stuck in the rut of feeling like an outsider. Because man, we go through the heroine's journey over and over. And this battle with your identity, this battle with that spark, and how can I be getting this spark from the divine when it's working against who I am as a woman in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? I want you to hear the mic drop from President Nelson himself. 
This is from his famous talk called A Plea to My Sisters, which I quote probably more than any other talk in existence, okay? The absolute mic drop. If you are unsure if it's okay for you to feel like an outsider, I want you to hear straight from the words of the prophet himself. Here's a plea to my sisters. This has been true in every gospel dispensation since the days of Adam and Eve. Yet the women women of this dispensation are distinct from the women of any other because this dispensation is distinct from any other. This distinction brings both privileges and responsibilities. Now, let me pause right there. Okay, I want you to listen really carefully with a really open heart wherever you are. If you are driving in the car, I want you to really focus here. If you're running, doing yoga, folding laundry, I don't know what you're doing. I want you to focus right here. You cannot base your pattern on your identity or purpose on your mom. You can't pattern your identity or purpose on your grandma. Why is that? Because this dispensation is distinct from any other. Therefore, the women of this dispensation are distinct from any other. It is because it is different now. So you cannot base your promptings, your role, your identity on that of your mother. I have a wonderful mother. I have incredible grandparents. You name it. But you are different. And there are certain things that have happened specifically in this dispensation that will allow you to fulfill your calling that were never available to your mom and that were never available to your grandmother. They were called to do other things because things were different then. Technology is different then. Even six or seven years ago, you had to know coding to get a website up or a shop up. Now you don't, okay? Social media has allowed us to expand and connect and do all those things. It is different now. Embrace that. Be excited about that and say, okay, God, I'm putting my trust in you. Show me then what is my purpose distinctly in this dispensation. I've heard from the mouth of a prophet of God that I am to be different because this dispensation is distinct. Tell me how I can be different and how I can fulfill the mission that you have asked me to do. I love how he says that it brings both privileges and responsibilities. We're going to own those privileges and we're going to stand up and fulfill those responsibilities. Okay. You've heard this, but I'm going to continue on. 36 years ago in 1979, President Spencer W. Kimball made a profound prophecy about the impact that covenant-keeping women would have on the future of the Lord's church. Here is what he prophesied. And as I read this, I want you to think specifically about how your spark plays into this prophecy. Much of the major growth that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives and to the degree that the women of the church are seen as distinct and different in happy ways from the women of the world, close quote. President Nelson continues, my dear sisters, you who are our vital associates during this winding up scene, the day that President Kimball foresaw is today. You are the women he foresaw. Your virtue, light, love, knowledge, courage, character, faith, and righteousness lives will draw good women of the world along with their families to the church in unprecedented numbers. Pause there. Don't you want to be part of that? I promise you to be part of that is not going to be sitting in your most comfortable space all the time. Being part 
of the church growing in unprecedented numbers might feel uncomfortable and it might feel scary and you might feel like an outsider as you gather those people in. Welcome to the greatest work on earth. President Nelson continues. We, your brethren, need your strength, your conversion, your conviction, your ability to lead, your wisdom, and your voices. The kingdom of God is not and cannot be complete without women who can make sacred covenants and then keep them, women who can speak with the power and authority of God. Today, let me add that we need women who know how to make important things happen by their faith and who are courageous defenders of morality and families in a sin-sick world. We need women who are devoted to shepherding God's children along the covenant path toward exaltation. Women who know how to receive personal revelation. That's your spark, my friend. Who understand the power and peace of the temple endowment. Women who know how to call upon the powers of heaven to protect and strengthen children and families. Women who teach fearlessly. Close quote. Mic drop from President Nelson. He said it clear as day. This day is distinct. Therefore, we're going to have women who are feeling called to do things they never thought possible. Welcome to the greatest work on earth. I think it's so appropriate that we are studying the DNC during this dispensation where we are being called to do things that we never thought possible. Welcome to a work and a wonder, right, my friends? I also love Elder Rasband when we talk about this spark and feeling like an outsider. One of our fears as an outsider is that what we're about to embark on is something that's going to distance us from the things that are most important, our connection to God, our connection to our children, our connection to our families. And Elder Rasband has a really short quote about this. He says, the Holy Ghost, your spark, the Holy Ghost binds us to the Lord. The Holy Ghost binds us to the Lord. When you are feeling prompted with that excitement first, with that spark, he is giving you an opportunity to be more intensely bound to him, not to abandon him, not to abandon your family, not to abandon your faith, but to be more fiercely bound with him by following that spark. Isn't that exciting? It's so exciting. So welcome to the deep dive on the spark. So number one, you know it's a spark when you can't let it go. It's like the rising sun. So can you say it out loud? I'm going to give you five seconds, okay? Listener right here on the podcast or on YouTube, what is your spark? What is it you are being called to do? Ready? Say it. Ah, I love it. You've actually vocalized your spark out loud. Okay. So number one, you can't let it go. You know, it's a good thing and trust, trust that God is going to allow this experience to actually bind you to him in a more beautiful way because you are acting on that spark. You can see it. You can see what is possible with the spark. You can visualize it. Yeah. We have no clue what it's going to look like down the road. And while we know that it makes us feel like an outsider for a minute, we actually know that we are in grand company with Mary herself, who was an outsider during the greatest calling of her life. Can you believe it? So I want you to be able to say that spark out loud and also be able to embrace the fact that when you feel like an outsider, it's because this dispensation is different. Welcome to the greatest work on earth. You are not an outsider. In fact, you are surrounded by some of the most incredible women on earth right now who are feeling stirred and called 
to lead, to speak out, to do incredible things in order to further his work. So welcome to it. The next episode, we are going to dive into the actual heroine, her identity. This is also a radically different part of the journey that I can't wait to dive in with you. This part is radically different than the hero, and it really shows some incredible ways. And it's actually going to show you some ways in which we can be better partners with our spouses and the men in our lives to really help the Lord's work come along when we can understand our identity as the heroine. It's going to be incredible. So keep in mind that as we dive into this heroine journey, as you share it, as you experience it, know that the purpose of the heroine's journey is for you to become something and to become something great. And God is the one who knows you to become. So he will, he knows how you can become something. He's going to give you that spark. He's going to support you along the way. And I can't wait to dive in even further to the heroine's journey with you. I'm so glad you are here to listen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And last, if you already know that this is something that makes your heart race, you feel sparked, you feel like I know what it is. I could say it in those five seconds you gave me, Sarah. I know exactly what it is. And you know that you're ready to move forward on this. I always have a recommended first step. Number one, say it out loud. Okay. Did you say it out loud? I'm so glad. Okay. If you know that this is your heroine's journey to embark on, I've got a free first step for you to take. It's at saragracelife.com slash no stress. And this is my very, very first step for every single entrepreneur I have the ability to work with. This is the first step in being able to establish your business and establish your journey in a way that is a no stress experience from a social media standpoint. So head on over to saragracelive.com slash no stress. As always, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. The only way that this podcast grows is if you share it. So if this is resonating with you, I would invite you and be super appreciative if you would pass it on. Last rate review, download the podcast. Let's get this word out there that our journey as heroines is different. And I'm super glad that it's resonated with so many people. We'll catch you here in a few weeks as we dive into the next episode of the heroine's journey, which is all about your identity as the heroine. Thanks again for listening and we'll be in touch. Latter-day Ladypreneur is brought to you by Sarah Grace Live, audio work done by Rachel Johnston. Huge thanks to the Sarah Grace Live team for pursuing our dream of Esther 414. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Playing big in business is an incredible road to you becoming who God created you to be. Find coaching, classes, community, and my key strategies to playing big in the show notes and at saragracelive.com. Thanks for listening. 